0: You're listening to The Packernet Podcast Network Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16 Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning For lightweight, supreme softness That feels good every step Every street Every single day So go ahead
1: What is up guys? Good Saturday afternoon. Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. And uh, today we've got a uh, pretty cool show set up for you guys. And um, obviously we got training camp going on, right? And we're going to answer an email um, from uh, one of the listeners. And then on top of that, um, we're going to get to some live tweets from training camp. Uh, but we're going to kind of kick off the show with some soundbites, right? From uh, from yesterday, uh, some interviews, press conferences, things like that, with some of the Packers players and coaches. I think it's cool to uh, to kind of keep our uh, our ears close to uh, close to those guys and kind of see what they're they're talking about, what they're thinking. You know, for as many reporters that like to say that they never really say anything, I think if you really pay attention. Um, we're blessed with an organization that speaks a lot of truth. They might not give you a whole lot on the front side, but when they do talk, I really do feel like uh, they're they're speaking from the heart and there's no fluff there. That's just my opinion. So we're going to kind of dive into all that. It's all about Camp Talk. Obviously, we got family night coming up on Friday, but I do want to mention that, Today's show is brought to you by mercyandme.ca. If you're looking to make a purchase for a family member and friends expecting a little one, make sure you go check out their website. It's easy to order, have stuff shipped right to your door. Uh, Everything from blankets to burp cloths to fidgets, they got you covered. So uh, they're also big supporters of the show and uh, of Packernet Podcast. So let's make sure that we show them some love and support them. Guys, I'm not saying go out and buy something you don't need, but I guarantee you there's somebody in your life right now, especially I'm going to talk to the men for a second. I know we got a lot of female listeners too. But I'm going to talk to the men for a second. Don't pretend like you know what you're doing when it comes to purchasing gifts just on the fly. Okay. You don't, you ain't got a clue. You're just like me. Right. Uh, you, you're, you know, like I said the other night on Packers After Dark, you're as confused as a fart in a fan factory when it comes to uh, to trying to make a purchase for a woman or a uh, a child or you know parents expecting. So go to that website; they've got everything organized really, really nice where you can get what you need. And let's just make sure we're supporting those who are supporting us. All right. So with that being said, let's jump right into the show. And I think we're going to kick it off with some sound bites from uh, some of the players and coaches from yesterday. So let's start off with Quay Walker here. And i tell you, this kid, I love just how soft-spoken Quay is and just his approach to the game. You know, sometimes people get drafted in the first round and they're all about me, 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 and, and uh man, I deserve to be here and I've earned it and this and that. And that's all fine and, and good. You want to be confident, yeah. But when you see just the the look in this guy's eye, and, uh, and and also just the sound of his voice of how humble he is and how he wants to learn the game. I think we've got us a gem here, and uh, he's obviously been running with the ones in that nickel defense, which is the, the defense against 11 personnel we're going to be in the majority of the time. So uh, with all that uh, being noted, let's listen to Quay Walker here for a sec, see if we can pick up on
2: something.
3: Uh, I can get better. I'm not going to brag on myself. I'll let you all do that, but uh, just trying to get better. That's the only thing I'm trying to do. That's it.
2: Giving us a lot of reasons
3: to, to brag on you a little bit right now. What what do you think you're doing well? What do you think you need to improve on? I think I need to improve on everything, to be honest with you. Uh, I, can't wait. I can't say I'm doing well on pretty much. I don't really like to, like I just said, I don't like to brag on myself and get the high hopes. I'm just trying to keep a level head, just stay neutral at all times. I haven't played a game yet, so uh, just trying to go from there. Like I just said, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can and let that be it.
4: What do you think about the, like, guardian helmet
1: things? Have you had to wear though? You're
4: smiling.
3: What is that? Does <laughs> that mean you don't like those? I, I kind of don't, but at the same time, uh, if it helps us um, from injuries or whatever the case may be, I'm with it. Uh, I don't have any say, so I'm a rookie anyway, so I do whatever. Whatever I'm told, I just do it. That's the only thing you do. Some
4: guys are saying, like, you can feel the weight Yeah, you can.
3: It make your helmet kind of heavy a little bit just by having that on, but... Uh, that's about it though. Ain't, ain't too bad. It's nothing. To, just uh, you know,
1: it's all right. I love it. So obviously, he was asked a question about the guardian caps that the players are wearing in training camp, and if you guys aren't aware. Basically, some some foam that wraps around the out outside of the uh, of the helmet. And uh, Pat McAfee show had the uh, the chief, I think, chief medical officer for the NFL on uh, his show there on. Thursday or Friday, and, and they were kind of talking about the guardian caps and how it reduces concussions. And obviously, um, you know, it's something that's a, a big deal. And, and I'm one of those guys. First of all, I don't want this to turn into a medical talk. Obviously, you hear my accent, you're like, I'm not taking any medical advice from this hick, Right. But um, when, when it comes to concussions i was the fan that was like man they're ruining the game they're taking all the hits out i was that macho guy watch and then i watched the movie concussion if you guys haven't seen it um whether you're a will smith fan or not it's my you know it's my understanding they told the story really really accurate and when you hear the story of patient patient zero there mike webster with the pittsburgh Steelers back in the day and just see um the negative effects of concussions it really opened my eyes i mean that there's not many movies that i've watched that i've cried like a baby. And I cried like a baby watching that movie because, you know, it's you know, most of these players, they're just trying to earn a check for their family. And then when it's all all over and the damage is done, that's when they start to realize, holy cow, I've I've ruined my life, you know. Uh, so I think it's something that should be taken important uh, or taken serious rather. But I love Quay Walker's approach to everything, man. He just seems like a leader. Uh, the guy is as humble as they come. And I'm telling you right now, more people will follow someone who's humble than they will a loud mouth. You know, I always say the, the loudest person in the room has the least amount to say. And you can just tell Quay Walker is just like this snake. Hot, he's just lying in the weeds. And and I'm telling you, I think that when football starts, he's going to flash and people are going to look at him and it's going to be this humble leader. You know, you've seen that with the uh, the linebacker in uh, in Carolina there with uh, Luke Keekley right? You've seen it with A.J. Hawk too. A.J. Hawk was one of those guys that you couldn't get him to say two words in a microphone. But by George, when it came on the field it was like he was just he played with his hair on fire and, and in my opinion he's the most un, one of the most underappreciated Packer players in the history of the game. Obviously the all-time leading tackler for the Packers but the thing that that stood out from him the most was film study and the fact that he always played hurt. He always put his body on the line for his teammates and you you will not hear one teammate say anything negative about AJ Hawk and uh, he's it's the reason I've got his jersey. I don't like to buy jerseys of players that are real flashy. I don't like to, you know, I'm not the guy that goes out and, and buys the wide receiver jersey. Um, I'm not the guy that goes out and buys the quarterback jersey, right? I like the linebackers. I like the running backs, the guys who are doing the the grunt work. Now, it's it's hard to make a make a uh, a smart purchase when it comes to that type of stuff, simply because, um, you know, most of the time you want to get a jersey that obviously, uh, you know, is going to be of a player that that um, is going to be around for a while and someone who's going to represent the organization in the right way for a long time, right? Um, And uh, sometimes when you when you pick a linebacker or a running back, they don't last that long. So I'm not saying you should just go out and and buy a jersey of those positions just just because it's that position. It's just I I tend to gravitate towards those players. And when A.J. Hawk got on the backside of his career, I was like, yeah, he's going to go down as one of the one of the best Packers ever, in my opinion. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but I do think he's a Packer Hall of Famer. I mean, you're not the all time leading tackler. And uh, and basically the, the quarterback on defense for uh, a defense that was ranked in the top three, if not the best defense in the in the league at the time and lead them to a Super Bowl without being a great player in a Packer Hall of Famer. So um, Quay Walker kind of reminds me of that and the fact that he's not stepping on Devondre Campbell's toes. We talked about Devondre Campbell's contract. Devondre Campbell's contract is a two to three year deal um from the team standpoint. Now, if he if he plays well, they'll keep him around the full five years, right? Um, but the the Packers did a great job structuring that contract in a way that they're not uh, handcuffed. You know, for all the people that just want to talk about the negative contracts with the Green Bay Packers roster, it's funny they don't mention the positive ones, right? They don't mention the structure of Russell Douglas's three-year deal where the Packers can get out after one year. They don't mention Devondre Campbell's where they can get out basically in in two to three years and, and have minimal penalties. Um, It's funny how that doesn't get mentioned. But um, with that being said, um, you could just tell Quay Walker's not stepping on Devondre's toes and Devondre Campbell is a monster in this defense, which I'm I'm really excited to see what he does this year. We're going to learn a lot about Devondre Campbell after he got the bag and obviously have one great year. Um, we're going to see if uh, if he's the real deal or not, and and I personally think he is, and I think Quay Walker's got someone great to, to learn from there. So let's move on to the Matt LaFleur soundbite here, and he's talking about one of my favorite players in Aaron Jones.
0: Wouldn't you like to know? I uh, would. Uh, yeah, I think it's, <laughs> it's probably more just in an emergency situation. So, um, you know, Aaron's been great, man. He's going to – the majority of the special teams meetings, and really, you can feel his presence. You hear's a veteran guy that's accomplished a lot. He scored a lot of touchdowns, and to have him be a part of that, I mean, it leaves nobody can say really anything when a guy like that is in there. Guys like him, Devondre Campbell, they kind of set the tone. one what are those conversations with Rich Lightfield? Because on one
3: side, you do want to use more starters, on the other side, you lost one year back, so of your stud running backs, the a broken rib in the playoff game while he was on special teams. So how do you kind of figure out where the
0: line is? Then? Yeah, sometimes, unfortunately, that's a price of doing business. And we're going to put whoever's out whoever out there that's going to give us the best chance to win. And it's going to be pretty fluid, I would say, throughout the course of the the preseason. But um, ultimately, yeah, we're going to have to develop some guys and get guys ready to go. And um but I I don't know if you guys can feel it but there there certainly is a purpose and intensity out there when we when we go to those periods.
1: love it okay so you know one of the reporters asked there on the on the follow-up about Aaron Jones and you know it kind of what's the you know what's the concern around potential injuries on special teams and, and I love how he you know he answered it. it it's kind of that Bill Belichick approach you know when people it's amazing how, when you don't play player, play your best players in certain situations, the media tends to say, well, why don't you have your best players on the field if it's a problem? And then when someone gets hurt, it's why did you have your best, <laughs> best players on the field to get them hurt, right? And Bill Belichick answered a question one time. He said, listen, if you can tell me which play they're going to get hurt, I'll take them off the field before it happens basically what he said was shut up (laughs) right like stop pretending like we know and understand and you know and understand when a player is going to get hurt you've got to put your best players out there you've got to roll the dice and say look we're going to bring 110 percent day in and day out with our best players on the field and if somebody gets hurt they get hurt there's nothing you can do about there's no way of predicting I mean you you see them out there with the guardian caps on like you know Quay was just asked about you see all the precautionary measures that the the chief medical uh, officer for the National Football League they're taking and all the data and, and all that you know they're they're designing helmets and and they're tracking uh the results of each individual helmet and they're providing that information to the players to say hey look you know this this, right, this uh, helmet right here reduced concussions by 30% more than the one you're wearing. Would you like to switch? Oh, you don't want to switch? Okay, it's your decision. Like, they're doing everything they can to prevent this, but at the end of the day, you got to go play football. And you can't look back with you know hindsight and and say, well, that player shouldn't have been on the field or that player should have been on the field, right? Um, you're going to hear a lot of talk about this as we get into the first preseason game next week against the 49ers, because it's going to be Aaron Rodgers didn't play. Well, didn't they learn anything from last year? Or it's going to be, that player got hurt on the field, Um, why was he out there? It's just amazing how there's always going to be an argument from one of those two sides, right? And you can't worry about that as an organization, as a coaching staff, as as a player. You just got to go out and play hard. You know, one of the things A.J. Hawk talks about all the time is you can't play 50%. If you're on the field, you've got to go 100%. The second that you start to tone it back, you know, 70 to 50%, you're going to get hurt. Because your body's not used to that. The muscle memory's not used to that. And that's when mistakes are made. But uh, I just love how Matt LaFleur talked about Aaron Jones being a leader. And he wants to be out there. And really what it does is it removes the excuses for everyone else on the team. When you've got Aaron Jones on special teams and you've got Devondre Campbell doing special teams reps, there's not a player in that locker room that can go, well, I don't think I should be out there. If they are, here's a tip. There's the freaking door. Go play for somebody else, right? We've just got... A great, a great circle as far as uh, leaders are concerned uh, in the Packers locker room and very, very fortunate to have Aaron Jones and Devondre Campbell and and some of these players that are willing to put it on the line. You know, Randall Cobbs, those type of guys. So another leader that comes to mind for me is Rashawn Gary. Uh, Rashawn Gary has really embraced this role with the Packers and uh, going from a player that was drafted in the first round and everybody criticized the draft pick, including myself, pretending like I knew more than the team. That's why you you hear me have a, a lot more conservative approach when we do our draft coverage. For me to sit and pretend like I understand more than what the scouting department, all the scouts, the boots on the ground, the uh, – the 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 leaders in the front office that are are uh, you know kind of directing these scouts right Brian Gudikins did it for years and then Brian Gudikins himself I'm gonna sit here as a fan and pretend like I understand scouting more than those guys that's just silly right so I think it's important to uh, to listen especially to people like Rashawn Gary because we all were wrong on it and the organization knew exactly what they were doing and here you've got a guy that came in as kind of a surprise first-round pick in most people's eyes. Anyone who says it wasn't a surprise to them is just lying. I'm sorry. But he had this bag of raw talent, and then he didn't produce his first year, which is always surprising to me that that, that fans and, and media members, um, you know, a select group of them, not everybody, not you, I know, I'm just kind of speaking in general, um, they, they like to look at a first-round pick and go, oh, he's going to have an immediate impact. That typically doesn't happen. But if you bring a player along in the in the right manner – they can kind of develop and earn their stripes, earn their teammates' respect, learn the game without making a ton of mistakes on the fly. That's going to hurt their uh, uh, their confidence. And then what you have on the backside is a byproduct of a player like Rashawn Gary. And let's hear from him right now.
4: What's your mentality been like entering this twenty twenty two season?
5: Uh, get better day by day. Don't leave don't leave no stones unturned, and you know just trying to pick my game, man. I'm on the road to being great. That's my destination. That's where I want to go. So. Just trying to put everything I can to do that.
4: These last few days, when you're so
5: close to like getting that sack, but
4: obviously you guys do pads on, you're doing the run. So throw.
0: close, I'm getting it. <laughs> do you feel like,
5: oh, I just wish I could? Oh no, that's twelve. I don't want to touch twelve at all. You know, just knowing the type of quarterback he is, you know, when I run by him, you know, he has the ball a little bit. You know, I, I, I think, you know, in a game, like game like situation, I'd be a sack. But man, you know, I'm just working, just trying to work my craft.
2: Yeah, Sean, something that LaFleur said the other day is that you're a practice record, and one of the things that he hopes the, the, the new offensive line that doesn't lose their confidence. How do you make sure that you're still showing what you can do, but also helping that offensive line understand what it's like to get to play against the greats in this league?
5: Just doing what I do, um, you know, and i give them tips. Um, like Royce asked me a couple questions. Um, 50 was asking me a couple questions. So, you know, just trying to tell them what I'm seeing and, you know, just give them the best I can every day so when it comes season it can be easy for them.
2: What does that feel like to be a leader of a team? but to have young offensive players asking you what
5: they can do better to make sure that they can protect their quarterback? Um, it don't feel like nothing, man. I'm just used to it. I'm just trying to, like I said, trying to bring the young guys along and bring, you know, the older guys along and keep the same tempo and show them what it is to be a Green Bay Packer like I was a before.
1: Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it, man. The guy has developed into such a leader. And I love his approach there. You know, he was kind of asked, um, you know uh, – what's it like working with the offensive line? You know, you're out there to beat them, um, but at the same time, are you looking to help them? And, and that's a really good question by that reporter. Kudos to whoever asked that. And all of these clips, guys, comes courtesy courtesy of Packers.com. want to give them a shout-out. Special thanks for providing this coverage. But, um, you know, it's kind of like uh, Ryan was talking about on his podcast the other day. You know, when when you have – Jair Alexander come into the league as a very young player and be able to go up against a Devonte Adams on a daily basis. It's going to make him better, right? And now it's it's amazing. Tay's gone. He went on to Vegas, right? And and you know he has has that right. No hard feelings. The guy earned every penny that he that he got and earned the right to play for his hometown crowd or his uh, childhood, you know, favorite team and. And he said his grandma's gonna be able to go to the games now. I think I think all that's a plus. You know, there's there doesn't have to be hard feelings on every roster move that happens with the Packers. Now, some of them, don't get me wrong, Zadarius Smith, yeah. I I hope he falls on his face this year. I don't wish injury on anybody, but I hope he comes out and plays flat, right? I really do, just to shut him up. And it was kind of the same thing with Greg Jennings, hated to see it. But um, at the same time, you had uh, you know, Devontae Adams going up against a young Jair Alexander, making him better. And now Tay's gone, but the the reps that he got against Tay over the years made him into this superstar cornerback. You know, he got the bag this year with the huge contract extension. Well, now you've got Jair Alexander going up against some of these uh, unproven wide receivers on the Packers. Roster. So now Jair is making the receivers better. You understand? I mean, it's just so cool. It's a—it's an aspect that doesn't get talked about much when it comes to everyday practice, uh, not just training camp, but throughout the season. These guys are going to make these receivers better. And I love what Ryan said. Someone else was talking about it as well. You know, I think Ryan said it in his pod. Um, let's get Dobbs on Jair Alexander, man. Let's get him out there and get him tested, battle tested early. Let's see if we've actually got something here, right? And, uh, you know, all, all accounts coming out of training camp, and I'm excited to get to the tweets here in a minute and see kind of what's going on in practice today. But um, everything's pointing to Romeo Dobbs having a good camp, and it's early. I mean, we haven't even put pads on. And we want to refer back to what, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers said in his very first presser. There's going to be a lot of people talking about these guys are superstars in shorts, and let's, let's just take a deep breath. Let everything unfold. There's going to be players that are hyped too much, and there's going to be players that aren't hyped enough, and they're going to make mistakes, and they're going to be made out to be horrible players, and they're going to turn out to be huge contributors. I'll tell you one that comes to mind is Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, in his first camp, he flashed. And, and everybody was like, wow, this kid is he's he may be special. And then lo and behold, his first two seasons, he has a drop issue. And then it turns into he's a bust. Get him out of here. Cut him. There's Packer fans saying cut him. I don't care. He's a second round pick. Get him out of here. <laughs> and then look what he developed into. Right. That's what Aaron's referring to. But when it comes to Rashawn Gary, he's helping the offensive line. He said, I'm giving those guys tips. Guys, this young offensive line and even the veterans are going to benefit from Rashawn Gary stepping into that elite level. And let's hope he does take another step and kind of, uh, you know, stabilize that the fact that he was acknowledged now by PFF and other sources that, Hey, this is, this is a, an up and coming, uh, you know, superstar emerging uh, edge defender. I personally think he's already there, but it's it's going to be nice to put together another season of that um, and stay healthy and, and what he's going to do is, you know, when he's going up against a Naiman who might be lining up at right tackle or, or even playing left tackle, a, a, a rookie Zach Tom—that's my understanding—he's back on the field again today, so he's looking good, he's healthy, um, playing left tackle against, you know, a Preston Smith and some of these edge defenders that are going to be testing him. Gary is going to be giving those guys tips throughout camp, and they're they're there to make each other better, and I think that's absolutely huge, and it's not talked about enough. I think it's something that. That's very, very important. So Rashawn Gary stepping into his role as a leader. Zadarius is now off the team. Rashawn has that platform to step up on defense along with Devondre Campbell, Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, and go, hey, look, we're the leaders of this defense, and they're all about helping the offensive players get better as well. I think that's really, really important. So um, let's do this. Let's move along. Uh, let me check the time real quick, make sure we're doing Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're making great time. Okay, cool. We're going to go on to a listener email real quick and then that's going to lead into a Randall Cobb soundbite. Okay. So this comes from Andy Monday and uh, let me get my timer off the screen here. There we go. He said, uh, hi Clayton. I hope you and your family are not in flood danger. I know we love to talk Packers, but more important uh, matters come up in life all the time. Yeah. First of all, the floods back home is, has been devastating. You know, you guys know I'm from uh, Harlan County, Kentucky and, uh, obviously there's a couple of counties that border there with Letcher and Perry. I say, obviously, like you guys know where this is. This is in the middle of nowhere. I'm just telling you right now, it's, it's backwoods. It's where I was born and raised. It's home. Uh, some great people there that get a bad reputation and, uh, doctors taking it, taking advantage of people there in the area with, uh, the opioid crisis and all that over prescribing it. Uh, you guys know, trying to get too personal on this uh, podcast, but I lost my mother two years ago to, uh. Uh, opioid uh, overdose actually it was a fentanyl overdose and I watched that woman work her entire life uh, to provide for her family and break her body down had a couple knee replacements doctors over prescribed her got her hooked on uh hooked hooked on meds and it's something that just scares me to death especially with the youth in our country right now um of all the problems we're dealing with as a society that's one thing we should be able to trust doctors and it's it's a it's a shame uh what they're doing to over prescribe and do it in the name of, of making a dollar for the pharmaceutical industry. But I lost her to an overdose and it was a, 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 addiction battle. She battled for so long. It's why you don't hear me talk about partying and things like that. I was raised in a, I was raised in a, uh, a house where uh, drugs and alcohol was all around me. I had great parents. Don't get me wrong, but it was a biker family. Um, it was quite normal for me to be around in the middle of a a biker party of anywhere from two to 500 bikers, uh, in a biker gang. And, you know, just six, seven years old running around. I'm not, I'm not bragging about that, but I'm also not trying to bash my upbringing. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It made me the person I am today, but, um oh man, uh, back home right now, it's rough with the floods. So everybody got hammered back home. There was multiple deaths being reported, man, tons of people still missing, uh, actually had a buddy drop by the house today. He grew up in Letcher County, Kentucky, and uh, he was going over to help out, went and, uh, you know, purchased about two grand worth of materials, generators, stuff like that. And um, we uh, were able and blessed to, to kick in a, a large chunk uh, just to kind of help fund it. He loaded up the truck and trailer, taking it over and providing them relief today. Uh, I couldn't make it because we had stuff to take care of here at home. But um, anyway, Andy, thank you for acknowledging that. I really appreciate it, man. Anyway, here's what he said. Let me get to the Packer stuff. I apologize for getting sidetracked. It's just it's hard when you grow up seeing people you care about struggling like that. But it says, this little Packers story might enlighten the mood, though. Um, back in the not, back in the early 90s, Don Hudson was being interviewed, and the topic of NFL receiving rules came up. The interviewer pointed out some new rules in which pass interference and contact restrictions on defensive backs have been greatly increasing the, the passing game. So he asked Hudson, quote, if you were playing in today's league, how many catches do you think you'd have? with such favorable rules. Hudson replied, Oh, I'd say about 50. Surprised the interviewer wondered why only 50 since players like Sterling Sharp and Chris Carter, uh, both recently eclipsed hundred receptions in one season Hudson with a small smile responded, but keep in mind, however, I'm over 80 years old. now. <laughs> I love it. Uh, he, Andy Monday says, I've enjoyed hearing the good receiver news thus far in training camp and any Rashawn Gary tweets. See you later. All right, Andy. Thank you for the email. We really appreciate it, man. Um, and like I said, thank you for the kind words from my peeps, uh, peeps back home. I really, really appreciate that. So that leads us into a Randall Cobb soundbite from yesterday. Let's play this. Here's what Randall Cobb had to say on Romeo Dobbs when he was asked about uh, about Romeo and his early flashes, just in a, a you know two, three practices they've had so far. You've been in this league
4: a long time. What can Romeo Dobbs be What can he be? Uh, I think that nobody knows the ceiling just yet uh, he, he has a lot of intentions he has a lot of special gifts and uh, that's potential and I think we all know potential is one thing but seeing it out and I, I think that just goes with time it, it's going to take us a little bit of time to, to really figure out just how good he can be uh, but he has the pieces and um you know we, we never want to set too high of expectations on people but you know I, I think he's shown some flashes and yeah, he continues to be consistent with that. That'll be great for us. When
5: you say the pieces, is there anything
4: that stands out to you? That makes you kind of feel like, okay, yeah. What are those pieces? Uh, I, I think the biggest piece is just his ability with the 50-50 ball. When it's just thrown up and it's between him and a DB to go up and make a play, um, that's that's one thing you can't coach. You can't really teach that. You either have it or you don't. And he has it, and that that's special. Uh, that, that's just a piece, though. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into making this team and then being on this field and making the 53 and making an impact. Uh, but he has the tools. It's just on himself and on me and uh, our receiver group to continue to kind of mold him and, and kind of build him um, and help him realize what, what he has. And um, I, I think I've been very impressed with him so far since I've been here, both him and Christian. Obviously Christian isn't out there with us right now, but I've been very impressed by both of them just the way that they come in and their willingness to learn and their willingness to pick up the offense and the dedication that they show, uh, it's, it's been great to see. But there's a lot more that comes with that. So, I,
1: I love it. All right, so Randall Cobb, obviously, they're talking about Romeo Dobbs and kind of did a little name drop also for uh, our boy uh, Christian Watts. You know, Christian obviously uh, been very, very limited on what he's done outside of OTAs. He's dealing with some kind of uh, injury, it sounds like. I don't know all the details there. I probably should be a little more educated on it. But talking about Dobbs, and he said, you know, 50-50 balls are the things that stood out to him the most, and you can't coach that. Um, what's What's great about that is when when you sh- when you a receiver shows intangibles of things that you can't coach, and, and that's, that's Randall Cobb's words, not mine, and first of all, you know, when everybody scoffed at Aaron Rodgers not being around for the entire offseason, but Randall Cobb was there every day and he kept saying, you know, Randall's there working with the guys and he's kind of an extension of me. And what is wrong with that? Like, I never understood why people were being negative about that. Like, this is a guy who's got the work ethic. Um, if you guys seen his the last game he played at Lambeau before he left, you know, in free agency, the way that he teared up and broke down on the sidelines, he did not want to leave this place. And. He, he obviously has a love for the community. He has a love for the Packers. He has a love for the, the you know, from an organizational standpoint. He, he loves how they operate. Um, him and Aaron have a great relationship. He's gelled well with Matt LaFleur. Randall Cobb is just, uh, I don't know, I couldn't think of another player, another person to help Christian Watson and uh, Romeo Dobbs kind of step into being professionals than Randall Cobb. And uh, I just I think that him singing praise over things that can't be coached is huge because the other stuff that he might not be doing as well are coachable attributes. Uh, I think that could be very, very important. Now, let's see what Jason Brabel can do as a wide receivers coach um, and passing, t- uh, passing game coordinator, if I understood correctly, was his promotion. Um, let's see if he can get the most out of Dobbs. Now, by drafting Dobbs, uh, you know, what's great about that is, you know, you go out and you get Dobbs, you get Samori Torre, um, you obviously take Christian Watson. This is how you feel a need. You know, a lot of teams will just take one stab at it and go, all right, let's, you know, a lot of the media were saying trade up in the first round and take one wide receiver. That is just silly. If you've got a multitude of wide receivers that are clustered together on your horizontal draft board, and you guys heard me talk about that in the offseason, then take multiple swings. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. If they had put all their eggs in just the Christian Watson basket and done like that idiot that wrote the article that Ryan, you know, read on on his show where he basically said they were trying to be cute uh, rather than trade up and make sure they got Christian Watson. They were trying to be cute and wait to get him. You give up all that draft collateral, right? And then all of a sudden there are draft capital, I'm sorry. And and all of a sudden you draft one wide receiver. Now Christian Watson's in the tub, right? You can't make the club in the tub. You you darn sure ain't going to get better being injured. That would be their only egg in the basket. And everybody'd be like, what are we going to do with receiver? Instead, you took multiple swings. And here you've got Romeo Dobbs that's kind of separating himself. It doesn't mean he's going to be a superstar. It doesn't even mean he's going to contribute this year. But it just gives you an example. We would have none of that hype right now if they had done what that idiot that wrote the article said to do and stop being cute and just put all your eggs in one basket and go get the guy that you think's best. It's just, it's amazing how people um just look at things different than what you know, the front office does, and and one that's uh, obviously been successful for so long. J.J. Leahy retweeted something out earlier on Twitter that was amazing. It was a graphic showing uh, all of the teams that took, you know, f- uh, first round uh, wide – first and second round – no, I think it was first round – wide receiver, tight end, and running backs. And the Packers were way down at the bottom. And it's like, yeah, they, and like J.J. said, I guess they – this explains why the Packers haven't had any success since 2002. <laughs> it's like – I'm sorry, you guys have heard me talk about it, too. It's like wide receiver is a Tier 2 position, in my opinion. And it's not even a high Tier 2 position. You know, that top tier on offense, left tackle, quarterback, right? That's my opinion. And and center is right up there towards the top two, okay? Okay. Um, so wide receiver is just not one of those positions that I, I put that much emphasis on. It's important, obviously. You know, it's a, a pass-driven league and all that. But at the same time, man, you just you got to pick your spots, take multiple swings because you you like all of these guys you're willing to draft. Um, how many times have we looked back and go, how did they miss that one? They drafted at that same position. How did they miss it? A lot of people are saying that about Rashawn Gary right now, right? Um, So it's just important. But here's a good uh, good spot to take a break. Let's get this in real quick and then we're going to get to some live tweets from camp and we'll get you guys out of here and get this podcast, obviously, uh, uh, in your hands as quick as possible. But first, let's pay some bills. Take take us a quick commercial break. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan
2: of ripping packs or repacks. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Okay, let's do this, guys. Let's get right down to it and uh let's let's look at some live tweets that's going on right now at Packers Camp. And I'm gonna try to refresh these so we get the most up-to-date information. I'm gonna lead off here with uh Matt Schneidman and see what he's got for us. He's one of my favorite followers on Twitter. You guys know the reason I like Matt Schneiman is because he just doesn't he doesn't play the political game, you know. He uh, just kind of brings you the information that you want. That's why we're here is to talk football. And uh, so here it was three hours ago, said Matt, Matt LaFleur says using Aaron Jones as kick returner in practice has just worked for an emergency scenario. Praise Jones for attending all special teams meetings, but it doesn't seem running back one will be back there when it matters. And that's what we were talking about earlier with the sound bot. It's very, very important create that culture. I think it's awesome that he's been in all the special teams meetings because he wants to contribute. Um, also, here's another tweet by Matt Schneiman. It says, Sammy Watkins will not participate in team drills today, only individual as Packers ease him back in. He'll be back in team periods next week. So that's a good sign. When you first read that tweet, you think, uh oh, what happened? Nothing happened. They were being cautious. They worked him into the rotation. Now they took him back out, and he's doing individual drills, which he's still practicing, and he's not standing on the sideline hurt with any ice on any extremity, right? He's he's good to go. And then they're going to ease him back in next week, and I think it's next week when they start doing shells and then full pads. But uh, got a video here showing Rashawn. Uh, it says Rashawn Gary leads the brigade to practice this morning. Pretty cool. Um, and then, let's see, let's slide on up here. This was just an hour ago. Rookie Zach Tom back at left tackle one today. So, it's Zach Tom at left tackle, John Runyon at left guard, Josh Myers at center, Royce Newman at right guard today, and they got Josh Najman at right tackle. So, you've seen Newman play some right tackle. You've obviously seen Najman play in the past left tackle, but they're really giving Zach Tom a push at left tackle. Guys, that is great news. Like, this is what I'm talking about. you got to kind of read between the lines. I'm not looking for any kind of report saying, Zach Tom just pancake Preston Smith, right? I'm looking at who does the coaching staff see as the top left tackle right now? Who are they giving those very, very, very valuable reps to? And uh, Ryan Slip is grinning ear to ear. He probably looks like a slit watermelon right now. Um, with uh, Zach Tom playing a, a little more left tackle, that's great news. Matt Schneiman one hour ago said, "Stop me if you've heard this before, but Romeo Dobbs reels in a deep ball through contested coverage. Jordan Love rode out to his left and flung one deep across the field to Dobbs, who held on through the who who held on through the hand of safety Sean Davis." big cheer from a packed house. So practice packed out again. Romeo Dobbs is out there mossing people again today, guys, we're starting to see a trend now, right? This is the, you heard Randall Cobb, 50, 50 balls are uncoachable, right? Not me. That was Randall Cobb that said that maybe he's gassing his boy up. I don't know, but he's got me excited. Um, I think that's awesome. And the, the thing that I really, that's really making me grin like a slit watermelon is, uh, Jordan Love rode to his left and flung one deep across the field to Dobbs. Jordan Love is having a good camp from everything I've read so far. I heard somebody saying the other day, you know, he 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 makes a ton of throws. It seems like there's just one play a game or one play a practice where you're like, God, it was just it was either a wobbler or inaccurate, whatever. Um, but Jordan Love's showing a little bit of flashes, man. I, I You guys know how I stand on Jordan Love. I'm not saying he's going to be great. I'm not saying he's going to be bad. What I'm saying is anyone who pretends like they know what Jordan Love is is at this point is just they're either hating on him or they're gassing him up for no reason. That's just my opinion. So rookie kicker Gabe, I cannot say his last name. Berkic, I guess. Berkick, um, was oh is o and two o for 2 now. Uh, wide left from 45 on the left hash, wide right from 47 on the right hash. Mason Crosby still sidelined with a knee injury. As you guys know, uh, I wish there'd be a little more context there, um, but uh, Mason Crosby had his knee scoped. So um, pretty pretty minor, you know, uh, procedure there. I think he'll probably be fine, but it sounds like the rookie kicker is, is not performing well in camp, which I don't think anybody expected him to come out like gangbusters, right? So... Uh, Matt Schneiman here says we're not allowed to tweet exact quotes from coaches or players during practice, but sorry about that. A little interruption there. <laughs> we're not allowed to tweet exact quotes from coaches or players during practice, but let's just say Rich Bisaccia is going to bang some heads if Amari Rogers fair catches another punt. So we're not allowed to, uh, to tweet exact quotes from coaches or players during practice. But let's just say Rich Bisacci is going to bang some heads if Amari Rodgers fair catches another punt. So not a good sign for uh, Amari Rodgers, and it sounds like they're giving him every opportunity in the world. But Rich Bisacci is taking no crap right now at training camp. And Matt Nyman's last tweet we have here, score another one for the chumps today. Rodgers having little time in the pocket during move the ball period. Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, blowing up plays in the backfield so it looks like those guys are back on track to have another big year um you love to hear it um again it's just practice just training camp but it's better than the alternative as far as uh you know kind of uh getting updates from training camp i, I kind of like doing this man i hate that it's uh, a lot of condas and us and likes that i'm throwing here into the mic but at the same time it's pretty cool to be able to be in a position today where we can kind of give you some lot there When again, right. <laughs> where we can get you some live information as we go. I'm going to jump over to Andy Herman real quick and kind of talk about some of his, and we're just going to go within the last hour and let's see if there's any parallels drawn here. man, my man is on fire here. This may take a second. Let me check the clock, make sure we're okay. Um, we are sitting. Yeah, we're sitting good. All right, let's wrap it up here with Andy Herman's tweets and uh, see what he's got here. So, and has a lot of tweets in the last hour. Here we go. Uh, with full, dis- full disclosure that I have no idea medically what it should look like, Colin Hill to the untrained eye looks phenomenal moving and cutting. I'd have no idea he was coming off an ACL, still rehabbing on the side for sure. So it sounds – or for now. So it looks like Kylin Hill, according to Andy Herman, is looking really, really good on the sideline. Doesn't look like there's much restriction. That sounds a lot like how I said Elton Jenkins looked the other day when he was doing some of those drills running back and forth, um, that type of thing. So, all right, Uh, up next – Zach Tom back at left tackle with the ones today. So just confirming it's, it's Tom, John Runyon, uh, Myers, Newman, and Yash on the starting offensive line. Uh, Andy Herman, what can't he do? Dobbs just did some lead blocking for Aaron Jones, almost out of an H-back look. Great rep by Jerron Reed, meanwhile, who handled Zach Tom and made a stop in the backfield. So Jerron, here's multiple things on this tweet here. You've got Dobbs playing H-back with the tricanery, right? And then you've got Jerron Reed blowing up Zach Tom to get a stop in the backfield. So uh, score one positive mark for Dobbs that they're, you know, putting him in multiple positions like that. Score one positive mark for Jaron Reed, but give us a negative to Zach Tom. Sorry, Ryan. Ryan's going to go burn his Zach Tom jersey now. Um, Jordan Love, with his longest completion to camp, and it was to Romeo Dobbs. Uh, Dobbs had a couple steps, but he had to wait up for it a bit. Still a big play rolling out to his left for Love and Dobbs. Kid is unreal. Okay, so that tells a little bit different story from Schneidman's. It sounds like that ball might have been underthrown a little bit by Jordan Love. Again, you're probably splitting hairs there. But the one consistent, Romeo Dobbs, keeps on flashing. Um, up next it says Enigbare, uh double teamed and, and washed out of his gap on a run. I've had a lot of questions about him. I think he has a bright future ahead of him, but it's going to going to need some time. And uh as I'm typing this, he just drew a would-be holding call on Canela. Okay. So obviously, um You know, Enigbar, his uh, Nagbar, however you say his name, people are still confused about it. We do have Dobbs confirmed now from a a tweet, and we really appreciate that. That is how you say Romeo's name. It is Dobbs, but we still are in the the dark about Enigbar, a Nagbar. I've always called him a Nagbar. I think that's close enough, so I'm going to say a Nagbar moving forward. But anyway, um, his weakness has always been playing the run. You can see that in the college tape but uh, could, could really rush off the edge well. But you got to keep in mind what we talked about. The college game is so much different than the pros. You've got the uh, the hash marks are or, uh, or designed and very, very beneficial to edge defenders when you're playing that wide nine look. What I mean by wide nine, guys, we're talking technique. Really, really simple. I, I don't ever want to just throw this stuff at you as coach speak, like I'm just way smarter than somebody else. I want to try to help people understand what I mean when I say these things. These are things that I've read in books over the years and, and learned and, and, uh, and just film study and things like that. Zero technique is lining up right at the nose over the center, okay? So think of this. Every offensive lineman has a number attached to them. The center is zero, okay? The guards are two, and the tackles are four, Okay. So if you're lined up right over the tackle, it's a four technique. If you're lined up right over the the center, it's a zero technique. Over the guard, it's a two technique, right? So it's zero, two, four, okay? Now, every every, uh, technique in between, which would be the A-gap left and the A-gap right, would be a one technique. So think of it this way. If you're lined up directly over an offensive lineman, it's an even number. If you're not over the offensive lineman, it's an odd number. So when you look at it that way, you've basically got – Zero, one, two, three, four, five. However, a wide nine technique is way outside on the outside shoulder of a tight end that might be lined up in line. Okay. Uh, that's something that n a bar did really, really well in college is those five and wide nine techniques. And uh, obviously playing the run is not his game, but this is where you want to find it, right? This is where you want to learn about this stuff is in camp. And it kind of looks like that everything that everybody, Sam Holman has talked about from film study, um, you know, and other people, it's uh it's kind of showing up here in camp that he is more of a more of a pass rush specialist. And when I say specialist, I, I really want to curb the enthusiasm there because that doesn't mean he's gonna be a great pass rusher. It just means that's that's definitely his strength. So here we go again. Dobbs working with the ones, twos, threes, doesn't matter. He keeps coming up with catches. A nice catch on a slant from Etling there. Offense has had two fumbles on failed snap exchanges. Rodgers wasn't happy with that one. Awesome. So you got Dobbs uh, showing back up, but there are some uh, problems with the exchange. And I guarantee you Myers, if he is the center when that happens, Rogers is eating his lunch. <laughs> uh, next tweet from Andy Herman. Amos with a near pick of Rogers pressure by Preston, forced the throw pressure picks, coverage sacks, guys. Right. Pressure picks, pressures lead to picks. Coverage leads to sacks. Amos quickly out to stop a quick pass to Amari. Amos flying around the field early. We all know if you listened to this podcast, you know we absolutely love Adrian Amos. He is a beast. Um, the, entire, the entire starting defense is on the field. Field goal block unit. That's new. So it looks like they've got the entire starting defense uh, on the field goal block unit. That is freaking awesome. Uh, same group of players with the ones today as yesterday. Dave. Uh, yesterday Dave for Zach Tom with the ones and CVL Cole Van Lennon, I guess with the twos seems to be the only change really nice patience and recognition by Zach Tom picking up a stunt up front. So Zach Tom showing a little, uh, little flash there, uh, picking up a stunt, still playing left tackle. Um, let's see here. Number one defense, very sticky in coverage so far today, not much for Rodgers to find down the field. So it looks like the defense is answering that. That, uh that call that he uh he put out to the DBs the other day kind of talking a little trash after they they owned him in practice um here's Wes Hodkowitz that Andy Herman He says like what I've seen I like what I've seen from Tom at left tackle today looks stout balanced against Green Bays one so this guy is this rookie left tackle Zach Tom is uh is holding up against our number one Edge Defenders that's that's great news Romeo Dobbs with the first reps at punt return. With his, yeah, with the first reps at punt return. Coach is right. You can feel a different intensity on teams. Players look much more almost players look much more almost excited when team portion starts. So, okay. Um, and the very next play is a fair catch. LOL. <laughs> All right. First extended pump punt, punt period of camp. Uh, and Pat O'Donnell averages 4.43 seconds of hang time and only had one sub. 4.0 time. So Pat O'Donnell looking pretty decent at punter. You guys know we brought him up, brought him in for holding mainly, but um, we want him to be able to boom that ball and get that hang time as well. Love Jordan love with some zip on an out route to tour short game, but nice read and throw Good stuff there from a uh, love. Another positive offense has been a bit sloppy today. A couple fumbles and false starts. You heard him talking about that earlier. Uh, Rico Gafford with a nice pass breakup on a pass attempt from love to Hyman. Uh, defense looks fantastic today pressure run stuffing sticky coverage showcasing the full potential today in a Bar with the rep with the ones great pressure pressure by Preston and a wounded duck ball falls mercifully incomplete before Amos could get to it offense finally gets some uh going with the texas route from Rogers to Dillon got the rookie's walker got the rookie walker on that one so there you see AJ Dillon burning uh, uh burning uh Rookie uh, Quay Walker on a Texas route. If you guys don't know what a Texas route is, that's an old West Coast design where the running back comes out of the field. He looks like he's going to kind of go to the flat. It's very sharp. He's going to angle outside and then cut it right back inside on a, a slant route. Sometimes I've heard people call halfback circle routes, Texas routes, even a halfback in routes, Texas routes It's basically the design is get the inside linebackers flowing out. Like you're going to the flat and then do a sharp cut back in across the middle underneath. You probably got some kind of a, a post or other route combination. That's, Stretching the defense over the top, if you will. So, um, all right. There, Rashawn Gary is an absolute monster. No additional info needed, just flat out stud. We know it. We love it, right? Uh, start getting used to the Etling to Hyman connection. Unstoppable on that slant. Stand up, KB and into hive. Um, Really nice job sticking with the play and breaking up a pass along the sidelines. Uh, Etling throws one up, should, should have been picked by Levitt. Uh, But Osiris Mitchell plows right through him for uh, a would-be offensive pass interference. Rico Gafford has been showing up today. That's his third forced incompletion in coverage. Wow. Meanwhile, a a nice pass rush from Devontae White. Uh, Let's move right along. All right, we're coming down to the last last minute here, and we're going to have to knock this off. We're running out of time, guys. Tough to tell if uh, runs will be blown dead or not. But Dylan just broke a nice run up field. Looks like he thought he would have been gone working in two-minute drill uh, right now. Another false start by the offense. Looks like Winfrey this time. So there's a negative mark for Winfrey. Sorry, Jacob, I know that's your boy. Um, Levitt and Shamar uh, getting some reps with the ones on defense in the two-minute drill. Um, this says Levitt and Shamar getting some reps. Okay, so he, re- he, he went back on that and said, as in an Agbar i um, just correcting there. And then it says, okay, Shamar, a huge pick in the end zone to end the two minute drills, covering Cobb on the play, huge play for him. So you got Shamar, you know, Ryan talked about him being the number four corner at the moment. He's showing some flashes. So, all right, guys, we're just going to end it right there. Uh, we're running out of time. Really, really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, you know, like I said, we just want to bring you some camp news. Want to give you some sound bites from yesterday. I'm glad we got to do this kind of on the fly. The tweets are still coming in, but I just thought it would be uh Really, really uh cool to uh to kind of give you guys an update on what was going on. The big takeaways for me, Romeo Dobbs is looking good. Uh the edge defenders are looking like they were last year. And uh a Nagbar, you know, maybe, you know, maybe is showing that he's it's going to take take some time to develop into the player that we think he can be, or at least the coach staff thinks he can be. So uh yeah, just a, a couple of a couple of tidbits. Listen, guys, don't take it too serious. It's training camp, right? But again, we've waited all year for this. I wanted to get here as much as as much as I'm sure you guys are enjoying hearing the updates in a podcast while you're at work or on the go. Believe me, I'm I'm having way more fun just reading it myself because uh, football season's back. I do want to say this. Let's do a plug real quick for the Monday Night Football giveaway. If you guys haven't entered the contest yet, go to my Twitter account, at Packers underscore access. There's going to be a tweet that's pinned at the top of the page. Retweet that tweet and make sure you're following that account. That'll enter you into the contest. We're giving away one indoor club seat to the Packers-Rams Monday Night Football matchup, December 19th. Uh, $500 in value plus a $75 uh, value, in value uh VIP tailgate party pass, where you're going to be indoors, all you can eat, all you can drink, three hours before the game, watching the late afternoon games before we head over to Lambeau. Your seat will be with us, so you'll be hanging out with some of the Packernet podcast crew. We're just going to hang out, eat some good food, and watch the Packers and the Rams lock horns, no pun intended. So make sure you get yourself entered into that contest. Um, With that being said, guys, the next date coming up, in my opinion, is Friday night. We got Packers family night. Going to be a lot of fun watching that. Let's see if we can all put our heads together and find a link that we can watch from a distance where we can uh, all kind of tune into that. I know sometimes it's hard for me to find down here in Tennessee, and I've heard other people, had people tweet at me in the past going, hey, man, has anybody got a link to Family Night? Let's see if we can put our heads together and find that link. If you do find one, tag me in it on Twitter and we'll share that around and see if we can get everybody tuning into that. But like I said, we got family night, Friday night, and then we got Packers at the 49ers on the, uh, on the 12th. And we'll be doing a Packers, uh, uh, Packers total access post-game show for that. We're looking really, really forward to it. So again, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We don't take it lightly that you're, you're taking time out of your day to, uh, to come chill with us. We really appreciate it as always. Let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go pack. Go. To go. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front.